Live from Northern California, it's the Produce Pair with Dan the Produce Man and Guido the Gardener. Your show on fresh fruits and vegetables, what's hot on the produce market, items you see in the grocery stores, farmers markets, or your favorite produce stands. Now here's America's natural grocers, Dan the Produce Man and Guido the Gardener. Good afternoon and welcome to the Produce Pair on this fine, fine, lovely last Saturday in July of 2001. I'm Dan the Produce Man along with Guido the Gardener. And today we're broadcasting live from the Produce Pair Studios on the lovely island of Alameda, California, which is nestled right in the heart of the San Francisco Bay. And Guido is frantically looking around for something. I, Guido, what might that be? I'm looking around for uh, a mouse pad to put under my m microphone. You know how I get so oh, charged yes, and excited yes, and, yes, yes. And, and it starts to, to, to and then it, right, it sounds that. clicky. Okay, we will. We will. Uh, I'll be careful. Our lovely engineer Megan okay. is going to get you a mouse pad for your microphone. Uh, at, at very apropos. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. D demand genuine California avocado. Hey, they'll okay. put anything on a mouse pad these <laughs> days, huh? How about that? Hey, folks, we've got an exciting show uh, on for you today. There are some great items out there on the produce stands of your stores and farmers markets and favorite little markets all around the country, and we are going to talk about one today, well, several, but we're going to talk about one today with a very special guest. Um, we're going to talk about some donuts, and um, stick around and see what donuts have to do <laughs> with produce. There's a teaser for you, folks. That's right. How are we going to tie all of this together? Well, first we're, of all... We're talented. That's first of all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very good, Guido. And modest. Should I throw that in? <laughs> Hey, guess what? It's the tail end of July. Correct. It's the tail end of anti-boredom month. So beginning on Wednesday, you can be bored again, okay? Uh, National Baked Bean Month, it's over. You can stop your flatulation. Uh, National Blueberry Month. Uh, do I get to do the sound effects? <laughs> National Blueberry Month, which is the highest. What am I the right, trying to say? The, yes, the highest. I'm the so fruit, excited about this list here that the, I, I can't even say the it. Fruit with the highest con uh, fiber content. Yes, that's right. It's also National Foreign Language Month. Okay. The, the end of National Hot Dog Month. The end of National Ice Cream Month, and <laughs> the end of National Recreation and Parks Month. Which come on. Okay, so remember that, folks. We are. Ending July, so what? next Saturday we'll start back with Simplify Your Life Week. You know the best way I can simplify my life? How's that? Quit you know. my job! <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> hey, um, okay, so donuts, and then we have our fresh cut item of the week coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also, we were talking about heirloom tomatoes last week, and there's one particular variety that has become very reasonable in price in the past couple of weeks, and we'll tell you why and what that variety is. But first, let's step into the kitchen with Chef Graham Care, uh, the five-a-day kitchen, that is, and then we're going to come back with a very special guest, Frida Kaplan, right after this. Don't go away. 
This is Graham Care. Hello. Here's some more food news that you can really enjoy. It seems we often think of eating most fruits fresh off the tree, but you know I've found that I enjoy the succulent flesh, just slightly warmed too. You ponder a ripe, halved grapefruit. Its cut surfaces spread lightly with strawberry jam, broiled to a bubbly golden perfection. They're wonderful when they're garnished with chopped fresh mint and one strawberry half positioned impeccably in the center of each. Or bake fresh sliced peaches, nectarines, apricots in a bit of sparkling fruit juice or ginger ale, little brown sugar, lemon juice, and allspice. It'll reduce to a sweet glistening syrup. It seems fruit can be refreshing at any temperature. So go on, do yourself a favor, enjoy your five or more servings of fruit and vegetable every day. That's the good news from the National Cancer Institute. Hi, I'm Eddie Albert, Green Acres. Each day, 3,000 acres of our nation's farmland are being paved over by parking lots, shopping malls, and office buildings. So what happens when our farmland disappears? Food costs go up, wildlife habitat is destroyed, and part of our American heritage fades away. You want to help? Call American Farmland Trust, 1-800-431-1499. 1-800-431-1499. And welcome back to the Produce Pair, folks. I'm Dan, the Produce Man, along with... Guido the Gardener. Hey, a little uh, cap there on uh, what Eddie Albert had to say. Do you know that 46 acres of farmland are paved over every hour in the United States. And according to Paul Buxman, who is a Danuba fruit grower here in Danuba, California, he says the food system is entrenched in the industrial model and we need to get back to our roots of the soil. We need to educate people on how food is produced. And that is so true. Hey, www.producepair.com is our website, and 1-800-298-TALK is the number that you can call to talk to us and our very special guest. We'd like to welcome Frida Kaplan to the Produce Pair. Frida, welcome. Thank you, Dan, and thank you, Guido. It's a delight. Karen, she's had a lot of fun talking to you guys in the past. But she's on her way to Minneapolis and San Antonio to do book signing and cooking for the Purple Kiwi Cookbook. So she oh, asked great. me to sit in for her. Well, it's a pleasure to have you do that. Uh, you are a legend in the produce world, and we're happy to have you. Thank you so much. Now, before we, we broke, uh, before we went to the break... Um, and before we got broke, <laughs> we, <laughs> what do you mean before? <laughs> you and I have always been broke, Dan. What do you mean? We um, we spoke about um, donuts, and we said that uh, we are going to talk about a very special produce item, and uh, then we said donuts. So why don't you let the folks know out there what we are talking about? Yes, I'm just delighted. In 1986, we were introduced to an unusual type of peach. Now, ordinarily, Frida's, which is the nation's premier market of her exotic fruits and vegetables, doesn't get involved in, connect in conventional fruits. But this was so different. It was a little round, flat peach and had practically no stone in it. About the, the stone is about the size of your fingernail, and it sits right in the center of this small peach. This is grown in the Pasco area of Washington. We started out that first year in 1986. This is sort of an involvement of a fruit with about 500 flats. 
and have worked on it every single year since. The donut peach actually, boys, is a descendant of the Chinese flat peach variety called Pinto. Now, it's out of China, just like the kiwi fruit came from out of China. A lot of the fruit stock that we now eat today came out of China. But the first tree came over from Java to England, where it was first grown. And some people, if they're still alive, remember it as the Java peach. Uh, eventually, William Prince from Long Island imported the variety all in about 1828. And it's the trees were lost, but found again in 1869, and it reappeared again in Georgia. Uh, when the new seed was brought from China. And any of your Chinese listeners may recognize it under a different name, not only Pinto Peach, P-E-N-T-O, but Ping Tsu Tao, Ping Tao, or the Saucer Peach. It is very small. It's about two and a quarter inches by three and a half. But it's absolutely superb. Um, every year is different. I told you we started... In 1986, about 500 flats, and each year was a few more. We lost the total crop when there was a disaster in the state of Washington, a hailstorm rain in February of 96, and this is the risk of being a farmer. But this year, for the first time, we're going to have over 100,000 flats. So it took about 16 years to develop this beautiful crop. It's uh, got a blush of red, and it's probably the most delicious peach I've ever tasted. It's just juicy and sweet, and kids love it. Kids like it just like they do kiwi fruit. It's small, and it fits into your lunchbox, and it makes it very, very easy to handle. Now, Frida, how long are these going to be available on the market to the public? Just for five or six weeks. We should have started a week ago. But because of the cold weather up in Washington, everything was delayed. And actually today, they are first getting packed uh, out of uh, Pasco and the Basin City in East Washington and coming to stores in Northern California. Okay, now this particular... Uh, donut peach uh, that you, that you have growers specially Here. growing in Washington State. Here's one. Um, well, there's also some of these are are some of is the same variety being grown in California because yes, I've seen some earlier ones on the market. It's a similar variety and it comes okay. out earlier and not quite as tasty. You may know it as the Saturn peach. Correct. Or there are a few others, but our response from our customers retail wise and this is in every part of the united states is they prefer the fruit out of washington just like cherries out of washington a lot of fruit out of washington is sweeter i think it just takes more time to mature and so just we're about a week and a half late and surprisingly last year most of the fruit was very small in a small peach this year the fruit's going to be a lot larger and you can Starting Monday of this next week, you should begin. Uh, each day it will start showing up, each day beyond, uh, at Andronico's, uh, Molly Stone's. I think you'll find it in Rayleigh's, uh, the various Ralph's customers, um, and Safeway so far. 
but we're behind in getting it out, so it should be still available until about the end of August. But an interesting thing about this particular peach, that if you keep it, you keep it properly, even if it starts at the end of the season, starts to wrinkle a little bit, it's, the taste is still superb. You know, I agree with you because I've had them in that form, and you're right. A little wrinkly, maybe not be, may not be pleasing to the eye on the peach, but it's absolutely juicy, and the sugar is built up completely. That it's absolutely fantastic. I agree with you. You know, one thing about this peach, we are peach, now working, or have been for the last three years, in coming up with a flat nectarine to match this peach. It's going to take, you see, I, as I told you, it took 16 years to get a crop of the donut peach, and it's probably going to take uh, more than that because we haven't quite successfully come up with the cross yet on the uh, flat nectarine. Okay. Uh, Guido, you had a question. Yeah, one one thing, Fried, about the, uh, the donut peach, because I'm in uh, retail stores all the time with folks, and it's one of those, you know, second look kind of kind of peach. If you if you're just looking at it, um, you know, like from the bottom, you don't really figure that it doesn't have a real top to it. But this peach here, once folks taste it, and you're right, it's got a real small little seed. But once folks taste this peach, uh, they're hooked. In fact, my I mean, my folks for you know they they've been buying these. Uh, the California variety since they came out, and the way they did it is they tasted it, they tasted it one time, and that and that was all it took. And folks, if you haven't tried this this donut peach, the flat little uh, uh, saucer saucer looking peach, you absolutely have to give this a try. You'll be hooked on this peach. We are the Produce Pair. Our special guest is Frida Kaplan. Uh, 1-800-298-TALK is the number if you'd like to join us. www.producepair.com is where you'll find us on the Internet. And if you want to email us during the show, producepair at producepair.com as well. Don't go away. We're going to take a break for local stations, and we'll be back with Frida Kaplan on the Produce Pair right after this. Welcome back to the Produce Pair. I'm Dan, the Produce Man, along with... Guido the Gardener. Hey, folks. Frida's Incorporated is the nation's leading marketer and distributor of specialty produce. The company supplies grocery retailers, wholesalers, food service distributors with more than 500 different items through its branded product lines, Frida's. And then uh, Cochina di Frida, Asian Specialties, and Vegetarian Solutions for the Meatless Meal Ideas for the Produce Department, the... Um, yeah, you know, meatless uh, uh, veggie burgers and 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 uh, th- things of that nature. So there's a whole lot going on at Frida's, and on the line with us is Frida Kaplan. One quick thing I do want to mention is www.frida's f r i e d a s dot com is a great website. I'm looking at a picture of three very lovely ladies here uh, on the front page: uh, Frida uh, Kaplan, Karen Kaplan, and Jackie Kaplan Wiggins, and uh, they have a, a several crates of some various different interesting produce items here as well. So if you get a chance, folks, log on to www.fridas.com. Frida, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, way before I got involved in this, uh, this radio fun, 
I knew the name Frida's just from being in the in the produce business, and you know, it just it surprised me how early uh, you were in this this produce game. How did you get involved in in all this specialty produce business? Well, it really was a a serendipity. I had just had my first child, uh, Karen, who is now president of Frida's and who you've had on your show many times, and I wanted to breastfeed my baby. And I, at, the sa- at that time, I was working a job that didn't permit that, so I called down to the produce market where my husband's aunt and uncle um, were managing a produce operation, and both Dan and you may recognize the name, the Jamera Brothers Fruit Company. Oh, sure. Certainly, and, yeah. Uh, they're still around. And I, knowing their unusual hours, I asked, do you know anybody that needs uh, somebody in the office? And they said, Boy, did you call the right day. We're desperate. Come on. That's how I got into the produce business. I knew nothing about marketing. I knew nothing about produce, let alone specialty produce. It kind of grabs a hold of you, doesn't it? Huh? It kind of grabs a hold of you, the produce business, doesn't it? Well, it doesn't really. My my shock, (laughs) my personal shock, is the fact that my two daughters, Karen and Jackie, uh, never really saw their mother too much. Uh, because you know that both of you know the produce business was, particularly in the early days, was 24 oh. hours a day, seven days a week, and the fact that they chose to jo- to join me after they finished college was a total shock because I never <laughs> well, encouraged them. But, well, you must have been a you must have been a very good role produce model. Well, they tell me that, and <laughs> you know, I every day there's so much that happens in the produce business every day. I, it's hard to remember back that far. But uh, the when I first started out, although most people around the industry and maybe in the media uh, call me the Kiwi Queen because of introducing kiwi fruit uh, and naming it uh, both in the United States and the rest of the world, I really started out in fresh mushrooms. And in 1962, when I started my business, it's hard people to realize this was a specialty item. A mushroom. Sixty-two. And now um, it's amongst the top ten items. But sure. what will even shock your listeners a little more, that 20 years before that, in 1940, bananas were considered a specialty item. That's right. Yeah, we get, we get spoiled now, especially in, uh, you know, around the big cities in, in California on the coast, is that you can go into a produce market and you, know, you can run into 400, 450 different items. Where you know, not too too long ago, I remember. I remember in, in my day when I was a kid, um, you know, my because I'm Italian. My grandparents always had gardens, and that was the only place we could find basil was home was homegrown. So a lot of things have changed in a, in a fairly short period of time. Well, interesting you mentioned basil, because herbs all of a sudden throughout the United States, not only Frida's, is maybe. And it's hard to measure in dollars because they're relatively inexpensive. That's one of the top uh, specialty items, maybe the top third or fourth, because every place you can get them. But basil was the problem, and that's I know why your family had to raise it there. We have just begun to teach people, and your listeners should know this, one of the things you don't want to do is refrigerate basil because it'll turn black. That's so right, it certainly really, will. When you ship it... When we ship these herbs up to your stores up there, one of the things we can't do is mix them on a refrigerated truck. So we fly most of the basil. 
Beautiful. That keeps it nice and fresh and ready for everybody. Hey, we're talking with Frida Kaplan. We're going to take a break for local stations and the news. Frida is the uh, the uh, uh, the head the head honcho. Yeah, the head the, honcho. The I head is head honcho of specialty <laughs> produce here in the United States. We're the produce pair. Don't go away. We'll be back after this. You know, every time our oh, we're back. I'm sorry, I was daydreaming. Every time she plays this cut, it makes me want to go back to my days of being a music disc jockey at a radio station where I could play anything that I wanted to play, which was great in those days. Yeah, it wasn't the, that long ago. Yeah, but the and, FCC uh, didn't know you were on the air. Was that that station? <laughs> no, they. they <laughs> <laughs> they knew all right, but they but, didn't but want you. <laughs> but you could play what you wanted. You could go through your your and and you could play something like that and just groove groove with that stuff all through midnight. Hey, folks, we're the Produce Pair. I'm Dan, the Produce Man. I am Guido, the Gardener. And uh, our guest is Frida Kaplan. Frida, welcome back to the Produce Pair. Thank Guido you. Guido had some questions for you. you. Yeah, Frida, you you've been in business uh, what almost forty years or forty yep, plus 40 years. Forty years. Uh, it was in April of. Well, Happy congratulations! Geez, that's a that's a that's a long that's yeah, a long we'll have time. To have a big party. <laughs> Make sure you invite us. Well, right. you're not that far from us. And right. and that's when you uh, brought the kiwi into um, the uh, consumers' uh, mouths first, and uh, hearts here. Yeah, we first introduced the kiwi late in 1960, but 62 rather. But the interesting thing, it literally took 18 years in order to be accepted by consumers in the trade. It really, uh, we had a number of retailers that helped us promote it, but it wasn't until the chefs in the restaurant, and I'm sure you find this, people like Wolfgang Puck, uh, Alice Waters, uh, right. Joaquin, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Spickle, Spickel? <laughs> I don't get around much. Don't look for me. Huh? <laughs> well, you're Italian. You should know. Anyway, but this is true of a lot of other things and especially items. Unless you have uh, people who make the decisions at the uh, supermarket level, the produce buyers, unless they have vision, it's very, very difficult to get some things in, if, new items in, but it takes a merchandiser who understands what you two already know. The consumer will try anything if it's available and if it tastes good. Right. And, and it seems to be that it's probably easier today maybe to do that than it was 18 or 20 years ago. Or 30 oh, years ago. yes, because retailers are trying to differentiate themselves from their competition and they'll pick up on things. It's very interesting um, uh, how things evolve. One of the things that we thought that would take off like a bat out of hell was dried tomatoes when we first introduced them, and it was a total bomb until we learned something. Consumers didn't recognize what they were looking at, and until we got retailers to display the dried tomatoes next to fresh tomatoes, then it took off, and it was similar to all over the country. Uh, one of the things that shocked us completely, we have one of these here. I tell you that kiwi fruit took 18 years. Right. Uh, spaghetti squash took about 10. But one of the things took off overnight, and that was 
fresh and dried habanero chilies. Uh-huh. And uh huh. Yeah. What took off is how we presented it. We presented it a at the Food Marketing Institute, where all the nation's media were present, and we used a little dried uh, habanero chili as a calling card. We packaged it with a recipe on it and just one dried chili. We immediately captured the imagination of the food writers, and we got phone calls, Wall Street Journal, uh, radio to- uh, shows. That next morning after it was introduced, I mean, we never expected something like that. And uh, as a result, because that was, I think, in 1974, the number one item that Frida's uh, Incorporated uh, markets throughout the United States is always a surprise to people because they think in terms of cherimoyas or spaghetti squash or jicama, our number one item for the past eight years has been fresh chili peppers. Well, you know that's amazing. You know, everyone's looking looking to do the next kiwi fruit. But uh, you know, I I just read a report this week that the, a scientist in Harlingen, Texas, um, and he was one that uh, he's the one that made the tamed uh, habanero pepper back in the seventies. He is putting uh, developing a mild habanero pepper as well, so that uh, folks can uh, actually taste them. Well, uh, they've done the that fl- with the jalapeno. Correct. And, uh, but I think one of the the most exciting things, and it's and it's really showing right now. I think you find it every place, is the involvement of the sugar snap pea. Oh, okay. Uh, that I've got a, some growing in my backyard. We like them so much. I know it's wonderful, but Dr. Calvin Landborn worked on it for twenty five years, and when it finally came out, it got the fifty year All American Award, but. When it first came out, it had all the strings on it. So right. my daughter Karen's very first package design was showing people on the backside how to pull the strings off. How to de-string them? How to de-string them. And I kid her about it all the time. But the interesting thing is we had difficulty in getting people to accept that as against the snow pea or the china pea. I don't know how you refer to it up there. But now... The sugar snap pea, after all of these years, outsells the snow pea, and I think you see it in a lot of packages and, and frozen as well. So in this business, you have to uh, be patient. Yeah, well, it seems like you have plenty of patience. Hey, Frida, it's been fantastic talking with you and hearing your stories here on The Produce Parent. We hope to have you join us again uh, in the future. Well, just remember one thing. As your listeners go into their stores to try our donut peaches and as i say they're just starting this this monday and tuesday if they don't see it in their store ask their produce manager for it because that's how kiwi fruit started it was one consumer that asked one produce manager to find it for her that's how that's how that industry started amazing fantastic good tip thank you very much frida for joining us Appreciate you joining us, Frida. It was wonderful having you as a guest here today. Hey, folks, the website is www.fridas.com. Check it out today. We're the Produce Pair. I'm Dan the Produce Man. I'm Guido the Gardener. And we'll be back right after this. Well, there ain't nothing in the world that I like better than bacon and lettuce and homegrown tomatoes. Oven in the morning. 
Sitting out in the garden, get to a rifle. Hey, don't get a heart. Plant a man of spring, eat a man of summer. All winter without him's a culinary bummer. I forget all about the sweating and digging. Every time I go out and pick me a bit. Homegrown tomatoes, homegrown tomatoes. What a life be without homegrown tomatoes. Okay, folks, we want to thank our good buddy Marty Mazzante from the Produce Exchange for uh, this little particular cut of music, Homegrown Tomatoes by, um, doggone it, uh, not Jerry Jeff Walker, but... Um, Don't look to me, I'm not no, the music you know, man. I used to have the album and I can't remember. But anyway, thanks Marty for, th- for that bit of uh, music there for your gardening soul and your eating soul here on the Produce Pair. You know, um, we're a couple of uh, men... Guido and I, you, and you better believe it. we just it. don't look at things, well, most of the time we don't look at things because we're we're men, right. in the way that a woman might see things. But right. during the break, our lovely engineer, Megan Elliott, uh, shed some light on uh, some of the things that Frida had said to us about how she got started in the business, and we liked it so much that we've asked her to open up this microphone, which I'm shoving closer to her mouth. <laughs> she's responsible for all the knobs and buttons. When you hear things working well, you know that she's engineering. When they're messed up, you know that I'm engineering. But um, things are running smooth today, which means she's engineering. But uh, like I said, she pushes all the buttons and makes everything work. Um, but now we've put the microphone in front of her mouth. And you sh- you had shed some light on uh, Karen's success story there, Megan. You mean Frida's? I mean Frida's, excuse success me. Story. Um, well, as a, a mom, um, I was inspired by um, her desire to uh, breastfeed her child, and so she changed her career, and um, look what she did. That, that's a mom wanting to do something for her kids, and it, it rippled into this amazing thing, and I thought that was pretty cool. Okay, and, great. Uh, and I didn't exactly think of it from that angle. From one angle that, that I saw it, is that here was somebody with no marketing experience, no produce experience. She had the opportunity. Somebody gave, you know, somebody gave her a job, all right? But she just had the desire to do something. You know, there weren't any excuses. I, you know, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of that. I can't do it because of any number of a dozen excuses. They're not reasons. They're excuses. And um, one thing led to another, and va 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 boom, extremely successful. And it's and it's not necessarily uh, the exception. Uh, that's, I, I mean, I'm a fairly positive guy. I think that's more of the rule. If somebody has the desire to do something, um, like you and I here, frankly, you know, doing our our radio thing and and our produce promotion, we have the desire to do it, and we're on the air. We're doing it. So muscle up some desire. <laughs> there you go, folks. And for any more uh, motivational speaker type of stuff, you can contact <laughs> us here at 1-800-298-TALK. And uh, we'll be happy to share um, our Tony Robbins philosophy yeah, and, with you. And I've got a lot more of that, too. One of my favorite authors is Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. Oh, yes. So, yeah. yeah 1-800-298-TALK. Yeah, a banana or an orange. <laughs> yeah, hey, folks, right. um, we're at the end of July and uh, August is going to start National Watermelon Month. Or actually, it's National Watermelon Day is August 3rd. That is when? Is that next Saturday? Oh, oh, next Friday. So next Friday is National Watermelon Day. So what we want you to do, folks, we want everybody listening to go out on Friday or day before 
And on Friday, at exactly the same time, everybody, everywhere. <laughs> Thump a watermelon. <laughs> want you to cut open a watermelon. And what we want you to do is we want you to try a different variety of watermelon that you have not tried before. Like if you're in an area where you can get a yellow one and you've never tried a yellow one. Or an orange-fleshed watermelon, like an orange surprise or an orange sunshine. Or um I, one of those little a seedless, yeah, the, a little icebox melon, like a Mickey Lee, which are around here. Right, or a, a baby doll, or a gold doll. Are we coming up on a break? Oh, okay. Uh, she's we, we just don't. playing music. Oh, okay. All right, she's playing <laughs> stealing watermelon, watermelons by Elvin Bishop. That we had the pleasure oh, of seeing right. Elvin Bishop at the Corn Fest a few weeks ago here in California. I, re you know what? I remember him. I, I mean. Oh, kind of in a big way. Uh, fuzzily. Oh, fuzzily, uh, I remember him. But There's something wrong with that disc, though. But, hey, uh, it is a good tune, Stealing Watermelon. So, anyway, we want you to try this watermelon, and then we want you to give us a call on Saturday and tell us what watermelon you tried and what you liked about it as well. And then we'll work on um, getting the watermelon promotion board. And our guest next week? Will be um, somebody hopefully from the water, ate a watermelon. watermelon promotional. Yeah, board. but if folks have eaten watermelon, we'll let them be the guests. Very what do you true. think of that, folks? Huh? Okay. And to DC the watermelon, you're going to want to use your shop vac, and you just rub it over the melon after you've sliced it, and all those seeds come out real fast. <laughs> I like that, Dan. <laughs> very, very creative. Those are helpful tips. <laughs> Or you can just reverse it, put it on blow. Well, that's what you do when the seeds are in already, and then you blow the seeds out into your your dirt there, and you and you and then you water it. See, automation—it's amazing, huh? You're very creative, sir. Hey, folks, the Produce Pair website is where you can find us right now: www.producepair.com. If you have an email for us, producepair at producepair.com as well. Um, you, we will be glad to read that on the air. Um, anyway, Guido and I will be back right after this uh, lovely music and some breaks for your local station. Don't go away. Sweet potato pie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my. Sweet potato pie. Yeah. I, I think he was trying to, <laughs> tra trying to make another hit like Sweet Baby James, but he just didn't quite yeah. get to a titty. And the last time I saw him, he had he was like you and I, very, very thin on the top. Yes, he is very thin on the top. Um, but, you know, I, I, I liked him a lot when he's doing the acoustic guitar stuff. When he started getting uh, orchestrated and, and things like that, I yeah, got into the mainstream bubblegum type of, not mm. bubblegum, but more the just commercial music. I, I lost interest, but he did say sweet potato pie, and that does have to do with produce, so we let him slide on that one. Um, Anyway, we'll, we'll let him stay. Okay, James Taylor, folks. Uh, we are the Produce Pair. I'm Dan the Produce Man, and he is... Still Guido the Gardener. A fresh uh, item of the week Ooh. Guido has in his hand, and it is a lovely package. We had mentioned this uh, earlier in the show when we had Frida Kaplan on. In my hands, I have a uh, clamshell pack that's a, a plastic um, hinged lid dome pack of basil. This is uh, green basil. Let me pop this open. So I should have had this open the whole show so we, so so we, we could uh, smell it. Smell the whole thing. This is um, trimmed and washed basil. It's all set. It's all ready. It'll, la it'll last you uh, longer in uh, this kind of setup, but it's all done all together. You just snip you just pull off the leaves. See, it's not bunched, folks. Yeah. In fact, what's the weight on that package, Guido? Like that's five, a fairly big package. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, it's four ounces, but there's yeah, a but lot of basil. Of basil. I there's mean, a lot come of basil. On. Here. That's that's a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, this is so oh. good. It's organically grown. It comes from Jacob's farm. And you know what I used to do when I had my store is every time I I kept like twelve bunches of basil on my counter at a time and then sell it and then go back and get twelve more just because I didn't want it all out there at one time. And every time I went to get basil out of the out of the uh, back room, I would bring it out and walk through the store and shake it shake a little it. bit, and the <laughs> smell would go in the air. And I always sold three bunches from pe to people in the store on the way to the stand to put the stuff on, be just because of that smell. Yeah, and that same thing happens with, with uh, tomatoes. You get tomatoes that, you know, nice, ripe, oh, local have the aroma. Oh, oh, yeah. Man. And speaking of tomatoes, on the table are some uh, that go real well with this basil, are Cherokee Purple Variety Tomatoes. Now, the growers sold these last year, and it was such a success that everybody, everybody growing right. heirlooms, heirlooms, planted those, and guess what? There's an abundance of them on the market now, and they're fairly reasonable in price. Now, some stores may throw them in with their heirloom pile and charge the uh, anywhere from you know $3 a pound to $5 a pound, but the Cherry Key Purple itself should probably only be going for about $2 a pound right now. And the, the way to differentiate this one from other heirlooms, the old-fashioned kind of tomatoes, because we talked about these some last week, but I don't yes, think we, we mentioned did. this one much, is the Cherokee Purple is uh, purple in color, purple, kind of a dark reddish-brown, the body, and then the shoulders, the area around the stem, is fairly green, and that's the way this tomato was born. You see? Right. It's the way it looks. It's the way it is. Yeah. And the other thing is this is a very juicy tomato. The walls of this tomato are relatively thin, and it's a softer tomato. What happens a that's lot of... Right. what Here's what happens all the time. People will walk up to an heirloom tomato display and they are expecting, you know, brick hard field grown tomatoes that we've been getting fed for the last 20 years. And, you know, they, they squeeze it a little, put it down, squeeze it a little, put it down. Where you've got to expect this tomato and most heirlooms to have a fair amount of give to them because they were not bred to be shipped. These were, these were always backyard tomatoes. Absolutely, but they're available now, and take advantage of them while you can, because heirloom tomatoes will be with us well, probably up through October, uh, or in the middle of October, and then, then they're gone. So, and, and the height of the season is actually uh, through August. Hey folks, we want to thank everybody on the show today. We want to thank uh, Frida Kaplan, Megan Elliott, Guido the Gardener, and I want to say this is Dan the Produce Man. Until next week, thank you for a real good time. And I'm Guido the Gardener, and I will tell you what my Nona Bessie always told me, Manja!